Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch. No G. Hey Wiley, she's in Vegas. No Jake Dicker, he's off to Wisconsin. So just the three amigos, how are we doing? I'm doing good. I hope G. Hey places the uh, the bet that I'm that I'm wanting the Steelers to win the AFC North. I have not watched football a lot in the past year. Yeah. I know you guys are out on that, but. No, they'll re- be good. They'll be good. I like Trubisky. Right. He looked really good. Yeah, there, I'm, there I'm not go. denying Nobody that. likes Mitch Trubisky more <laughs> than Armani Buckets. No, than his cousin. Oh, his cousin, oh, too. Well, your cousin, <laughs> cousin has the like greatest that. collection of jerseys of all time. <laughs> He's a random, random. Random, most random, great <laughs> I, I collection had, of jerseys. He had a Jimmy Butler Minnesota jersey, and I thought it was like an Andrew Wiggins Minnesota yeah. jersey. And I was like, I don't think they like him much in, yeah. in Minnesota, so... Yeah, he you could tell he'll be a co-host one day on this show. He he he, he delivers his takes very like this is a. But he fact. doesn't back down. Doesn't back doesn't down. Back down. For, for the listeners, he's he's thirteen he's years th- old. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it was great. We got to have him back on. Um, a lot to get to today. So with that said, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contests are back with twelve million in guaranteed prizes. Visit circasports.com for details. Hit it, Buckets! Well, guys, again last night, Dodgers closer Craig Kimbrell blew another save in the 11th inning as the Dodgers lost to the Brewers 5-4. Why does Dave Roberts continue to put Kimbrell out there when the result is usually bad? And do you think that this is the end for Kimbrell? Craig Kimbrell as the Dodgers closer. It really should be. We don't need to see this play out. I think everyone watching that game knew what was going to happen. Dave Roberts maybe knew what was going to happen playing with house money right now. The fact of the matter is, for whatever reason, it is the one deficiency of this team year in and year out. They can't find a closer. And this is worse than Kenley Jansen because at least with Kenley Jansen, there was some history there. He was a homegrown product. Craig Kimbrell, you make that trade to get a closer. They can still not find a closer. So Brandon, whether it's someone that they have already, whether it's May, whether it's someone else, this guy, number one, should not be near a mound again this season. But certainly as we head into September, going into the postseason, no more Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, I mean, Arash, you hit it right on the money. Everybody knew when Kimbrell came in that 11th inning. I know they were kind of like limited in the pen, but anybody else, really, in, instead of Kimbrell, you put Kimbrell in, we knew it was going to happen. Guy on second to start the inning, he's wild. 
He's a very, you know, he's a big risk taker. Always yeah. gets to three two. You know, either walks a guy, gives up a hit, home run, whatever. Yeah, he can't be the closer. Yes, they need to find a closer. We'll see. Trinan should be back eventually, but for now, I, you can't roll Kimbrel out there. Literally anybody, bring up someone so from bad. AAA. Yeah. Bring up someone. Bring up like Bobby Miller, their top pitching prospect, and put him in the pen. See what happens. He's got electric stuff. Michael Duarte tweeted this. Shout out Michael Duarte. Uh, Dave Roberts said he is not considering a change in the closer role. Quote, I really thought Craig threw the ball well tonight. And then one more from Bill Plunkett um, tweeted out Craig Kimbrell on to protect a four to three lead. None of his 20 saves this season have involved him entering with a one run lead. And that is literally the job of a closer. 100%. And then Chris Taylor saves the game. I mean, so yeah. when you have a player making a play like that, you got to help him out you you gotta find a way to win that game but the problem is guys you're talking about tweets like everyone on twitter knew what was going to happen and he loads up the bases and so you know what's going to happen and i and really the only thing that i keep thinking is 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 dave didn't want to say it but this was his last chance this was look at craig whether we win or whether we lose we were 16 games up on the division four, four games up on the league we don't care if we lose this game. This is your one chance. I would be shocked if we see Craig Kimbrell once again with a similar one-run lead. So what was up with the post-game quote then by Dave? You think that was... I think, listen, he's not going to say it publicly. Okay. He's not going to... I mean, listen, Craig Kimbrell knows the way he played. That entire clubhouse knows the way he played. Um, so, listen, the one thing that, that that's potentially helping Craig Kimbrell right now, these aren't must-win games. Right? They're 16 games up on in the division. They're not worried about whether they win and lose a game on a yeah. Wednesday or Tuesday against the Brewers. That being said, the confidence is not there. This team's, the way that they've played in these one-run games, not that good. So, like, listen, when they win by five or six or more, fantastic. That's the concerning thing. They are a 500 team during yeah. these one-run games. Yeah, it is uh, it is concerning. And definitely when you get into October and you're playing a team like the Mets, you know, who has who has a lockdown. Who they have a lockdown closer in Edwin Diaz and a great pitching staff. If they can hang offensively with the Dodgers, and same thing with the Braves, who are just going absolutely nuts right now. Jake's saying, that's a clown take by me. Oh, yeah, they've won <laughs> nine straight games, Jake Dicker. Hope, hope you're listening. Eight by the way, Jake, Jake Dicker may be at the game tonight or tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow's game. All right. Right. So, but but it's like the Braves are are clicking on all cylinders more than at 12 strikeouts. So I think both the Braves and the Mets could beat the Dodgers. But again, they have to hit with the Dodgers. That's been almost impossible for any team all season long. So the Dodgers are, of course, the best team in baseball right now. But remember, none of these wins matter in October. The Dodgers know they won a full season ring. Arash, you've talked 100%. about it. They don't. They like. Obviously, it's great to have that ring in the shortened season. But they want a like a real yeah. ring with a real parade for a full season. Well, it's like a two prong thing. It's like a of all the bubble championships, that one is kind of the worst because it's a sixty game season. Lacks the most right? validity. It lacks one hundred percent. But the other thing is they want that moment of having that parade, of having that moment with the fans. And so, yes, they got the World Series ring in 2020. They want the real one. They want the full season one. They want the one where they can, you know, come back to Los Angeles, have a parade. But why have they not been able to find a closer? And I'm not saying it's a simple thing, but for what five plus years now that's the one thing it's the most talented team in baseball 
World Series in 2017, 28 or 2018, 2020. Like this entire run that they've had, they've not had a solid closer. Yeah, look, I don't get whether it's you know what Friedman and, and Roberts are are conversing in their in their conversations, but Bobby Miller throws 100 miles an hour. I know he's your top prospect. They want to be very careful with him, and they want him to be a starter. But I'm just saying, like right now, you're going to have to have May, May start. He, he could have been the closer if Bueller was healthy, but he has to start now because yeah. Bueller's going to be out. Why not bring up a Bobby Miller who has electric stuff, who you know can get through at least one inning. He struck, he struck out Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, and Anthony Rendon yeah. in a preseason game for the Dodgers. So bring that guy up. Do you think he'll be a September follow-up? I, I do. I, I think the Dodgers that would, would be, be so huge. I think the Dodgers need it, and I think that they're going to have to. I know his stats haven't been great in, 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 in the minors this past year, but he still has electric stuff, whiff rate. He's better than Craig Kimber already. Bring can, him up. Can they wait till September? Because that's two weeks away still, and you kind of like need a closer. You need to figure this out now, right? Yeah, I would bring him up, but again, like. They'll they'll still win a ton of games. They don't they won't need a closer in half yeah. of you know in seventy five percent of their games. So, well, uh, speaking of LA teams, Derwin James and the Chargers have agreed on a massive four year seventy six point four million dollar extension, which averages around nineteen million a year and resets the safety market. This deal makes James the highest paid safety in NFL history. The Chargers now have. An NFL high, four defensive players making at least $15 million per year and are all under contract for at least the next three seasons. Do the Chargers have to win the Super Bowl during this time period to move the needle in L.A.? Listen, it's a high bar, but they have to. Why? Because the Rams won a Super Bowl. The Rams are the defending champions. The Rams, since they've come back to Los Angeles, have been to the Super Bowl twice, have won once. Not only did they win once, they won it within their home stadium at SoFi. So if the Chargers do hope to move the needle here in Los Angeles, they do have to win. They've done what they have to do. They understood the assignment, as the kids say. They've brought in the most talented team. When you look on paper, this is, in my view, the most talented team in the league. They got the best quarterback in town. No knock on Matthew Stafford. Justin Herbert is a franchise player. 100%. So they they got the talent. On the offensive side of the ball, and you touched on it, Buckets, defensive side of the ball. They, they got four of the best players on the defensive side, and they're locked up. So this is such a massive year for the Chargers because, again, if you want to move the needle here, you have to win. So they have the talent. Can they finally put it all together? I think they can. I I, I know I'm coming out with, you know, for the Sports Tribune, the Los Angeles Chargers outlook. I have them winning the division. I think this is a team that could very well get to the Super Bowl. The Buffalo Bills will be their biggest competition, other than you know their own division that they play in Chiefs, Raiders, what whatnot. I think this is their year. This is going to be like a Rams type of year last year. They want to prove something. They've they've been close. You know they've been they've had the team. Now it's all about things going their way. They got to be healthy. Derwin James, Asante Samuel Jr., J.C. Jackson, great secondary. Right then they got Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack on the defensive end of the of the side of the football, right? And then, and then they got Eckler's healthy. Josh Palmer was a rookie last year. He'll step up. I really love this team. I think they could be 
going to the Super Bowl this year if they find out how to beat the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. It seems like such a crucial year for them, too, because you have the Rams who just came off a championship. You need to win over some portion of a fan base in L.A. Because my my recurring memory of the Chargers in my head is them playing at StubHub Center. And <laughs> the building was packed with the opposing team's fans. And when you say packed, 25,000 yeah. fans. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a very small crowd. But still, it was like, is this team going to survive in L.A.? And now yeah. you have the quarterback, which is going to at least attract a young audience. We see it with Pat Mahomes. Yeah. We're seeing it with Herbert. You have the defense. It's time to stop with the excuses. And if you're going to develop a fan base and have success in Los Angeles, you cannot wait until no. next season anymore. This is the time when you have to yeah. win a division. And this was the issue with the Clippers where like, they were a good team. They were one of the top five teams in the league, but they were never one of the top four. They never made it to the conference finals. And here in Los Angeles, you have to win. And not just win during the season. You got to make it to the conference finals. You got to make it to the finals. And you got to win that ring. Because like that's all that matters. When you're in a city like Los Angeles, where the Rams have won a Super Bowl, the Lakers have won, the Dodgers have won, the Kings have won, you have to win. So they've put together the pieces. And that's key. You know, because they could have come here and said, hey, listen, we got a sweetheart deal to play at SoFi. We're like a 500 team. They've put in the time. They've spent a time. They've put together a Super Bowl contending team. But they really do have to win. The other thing that they have going for them right now, it's an affordable ticket. And you can knock them yeah. because of, you know, low, low, you, you, you could go into the game for 20 bucks. Fine. Find a way to get some fans in there. Bring in some kids in there, like you said. Give them some jerseys. Grow that fan base. The tickets are $20? Just for the preseason. Oh, just for okay. the preseason. I was going to be like, like, oh my gosh. Say, let me put this out there. Friday's preseason game, the Rams and the Texans, $9. Okay. $9 ticket for preseason. Hey, hey if you're going to go, by the way, I don't know if they figured out that parking situation yet at SoFi, but you better like Uber. Park at and Hollywood walk, Park or like or yeah, walk. Or walk. You know, yeah. or Uber like five blocks away and then walk the rest of the way. So <laughs> I don't know. Never park in there again. Um, yeah. In terms of AFC West, Brandon said Chargers. Are you, do you have a, a pick yet? Or I do like the Chargers, but I mean, it's a little bit like when I pick the Clippers, we're like, this is my pick based on the talent that they have, but I can't not remember the history. I mean, you go back to that last game of the season in oh, Vegas man. where Brandon Staley, like Awful. based but on, all year, you all year, but, it, but it's just like, Bro, like, what are you doing? But you I know? think, then again, like, all the calls didn't go his way. And that was like That's luck, thing, right? Yeah. So this year, he's bound to get some of those calls go his way, right? But, but by the way, I like that mentality here in Los Angeles. Like, like I don't know how if that would fly in certain places, but I kind of like that no. fourth and two go yeah, for it. Yeah, all for it or nothing. That's like the L.A. That. mentality. Yeah. You hustle, you're going all in. There's no that. settling, mm -hmm. right? So in terms of, last question real quick, in terms of Raiders, Chargers, how, I know you, I know what you think, Brandon. Are you, what do you think the, the disparity is between those two teams? Is it close? Is it I think they're very close. The Chargers, in my view, just on paper, are are the superior team. However, if we're still kind of talking about fan base, if you go to that first game of the season at SoFi Stadium, it'll be a sea of silver and oh, black. Yeah. The number of fans we still have here. And I just made that flight to Las Vegas. A 41-minute flight. Mm -hmm. It's basically like we have th three teams here. So 
Um, that's the other thing that's hard for the Chargers. They're in the division with the team that is, in, and I don't think that they still are the most popular team here, but like one of, if not the most popular team here, is the Raiders. Yep. yep. Yeah, I mean, the disparity isn't much, Armand. They, they won 10 games, now they add Devontae Adams, right? Yeah. So, like, they're going to be good. Again, they play in a tough division. I see, like, probably a second or third in the division finish. I'm. I honestly think the the, the Broncos will finish last. Yeah. I think so too. You know, yeah. nine or ten wins, but last, right? So like every team in that division is winning nine games. Yep. Um. I actually agree with you there. So let's move on though to uh, Bronny James. After reports surfaced yesterday that the Oregon Ducks were the front runners to sign Bronny James, LeBron James refuted the reports and said that he hasn't even been on a visit. And when he picks a school, you will hear <laughs> it from him. What do you? guys make of this whole situation it's a nike campus i mean i mean when you talk about like cool jerseys and cool shoes and things like that um you know th that makes sense that they would be kind of in that mix that being said i mean if lebron's gonna be in los angeles for for the long term kind of surprised at usc ucla but again according to lebron james himself no decision has been made he's gonna go but like, listen like, did you see the uh, the dunk yes. he had yeah. this is the real deal i mean this is this is uh you know and so um i really just feel bad all the pressure that's on him right now i mean he's one of the most talked about players in the world just when you talk about social media and he's in high school right now so listen his dad knows what that was like he's not his dad in that respect but yeah like beginning now what college is he is he gonna go to is he one and done is he gonna go pro will his dad go to the team that he goes to all these questions will start now yeah Bronny's looked really good he should you know keep going up in the rankings he's a very mature point guard for his age yeah he doesn't have the size yet maybe he'll grow a couple more inches his brother obviously is already 6'6 and probably going to be a better prospect um, if he gets to like 6'10 and has that jumper and continues to develop but Bronny James is just a very mature basketball player great playmaker good defender very athletic so we'll see what happens um, I, I I honestly would be surprised if he goes to Oregon I think it's either G League or UCLA oh interesting oh, wow. I was gonna ask you Arash if, if um, how, how excited would you be if SC got him because I think it'd be awesome I think that that program I think is right on the cusp of being something good and at least they're consistently good now not great but they're consistently good having him be there would be great because like LeBron would be courtside LeBron would bring his fr friends also, and teammates yeah important to note like Mikey Williams is seriously considered in USC and if he goes he's really good friends with Bronny James so they could both go to USC or UCLA yeah so okay well, who wouldn't want to play in Southern California you, you gotta think about it like that yeah, yeah Oregon's got the Nike connection but I'd rather live in LA than Eugene I mean now, come on this might sound like a silly question but I'm not too well versed on high school basketball um would Bronny be a starter like freshman year on any of those I think so. top tier schools? Yeah, that I think he would. Yeah. I mean, it's, on this trajectory of his development, like yeah, he's a late bloomer, but he's still very talented. Okay, well you know? that's that's good to hear. Um, Las Vegas went from having no professional sports teams in 2016 to now they have an NFL, NHL, and WNBA teams, and there are reports they, that they could be adding an NBA, MLB, and MLS team very soon what do you guys think about vegas in terms of being um 
a host for other sports. I think too. it's a great sports town, and I think there was a lot of talk at the beginning of of could it be. And I think when 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 people say that, they forget that it's more than just the Las Vegas Strip. There's there's two things in play here. They they got Henderson, they got Summerlin, they got all these towns, and and so that's number one. But it's also a transient town. Like I said, a 41 minute flight from Los Angeles. So. Again, you don't have to be from Las Vegas to go t- to these games. I've made that flight. I've made that that drive. I think it's only a matter of time. Baseball, the NBA, soccer, that they will all be there. I mean, yeah, Oakland's going to move to the athletics are going to be the Vegas baseball team. Yeah. I think that's just a matter of time. When you look at the NBA and their expansion, I think it's got to be Seattle and Vegas. Right? 100%. I know they're talking about Vancouver and Canada getting another team, but it's like, yeah, that would be great. But at the same time, Vegas is just that's just for the league. It, that makes the most sense. Right? So Other when than that Seattle. happens, by the way, so they'll, they'll bring in Seattle, they'll bring in Las Vegas. One of these th- three teams will move to the other conference. I want to get your take on what you think. It will be either Minneapolis, Memphis, or New Orleans. Which one would you pick? To go it's got to be Memphis geographically, right? No, New Orleans. What about New Orleans? They're all very close, by the way. Oh, I mean, really? So I've done is... the math. They're all fairly, you know, in terms of how far they are. So. But isn't New Orleans like, that's Louisiana. Come same. on. It can't be in the Western Conference. Yeah, I... Uh... I know Tennessee, but yeah, I mean, they both should be in the East. But this would just fix so many things. I mean, Seattle should have a team. Seattle. Oh, it's one of the best basketball cities in the world. Amazing. Yeah. And so they'll be back. Seattle is actually going to be hosting a preseason game between the Blazers against somebody. I forget who they're playing. So we'll see it, you know, this season. Yeah, it'll be it'll be big for them. Yeah. All right. Let's um, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by my good friend Fredo Cervantes. When we return on the mightier 1090 in Southern California, 98.5, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Let's go out to the Circa Sports Guest Hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircaSports.com for details. And here he is, our good friend, Fredo Cervantes. Fredo, how are you doing, my friend? 
Hey, uh, Raj, thank you for having me. I'm doing amazing. How are you doing today? We are good. So I did your show on Monday. You're doing my show on Wednesday. This is fantastic, my yes. friend. Big news in Chargerland today. Derwin James locked up long-term, making history the highest-paid safety in the history of the National Football League. Fredo, your thoughts on that? Man, first of all, it's just a good thing for that deal to finally get done. I mean, this is something that everyone has been waiting for. Of course, the, the word around town was that this deal would be done before training camp. Um, no, well, before the season starts. And it did get started after missing about, you know, 17 days of practice. And it, it was just a good thing for that to finally get done. And I know the Chargers are relieved with that. I know a lot of Charger fans are also relieved from that as well. And I'm relieved from it because now I get to write about it. And <laughs> the numbers, I mean, I'm pretty sure Rosh, you saw the numbers yourself. Those are just incredible numbers, numbers that not any other safety has ever gotten in NFL history. So it's a good thing for Chargers and Top Let's get that done. Yeah, Fredo, it's Brandon Deutsch here on the Arash Markazi show. I wanted to ask you about how many wins you think the Chargers are going to get. They're playing in a tough division. I have them winning 12 games and winning the division. I think they're Super Bowl contenders this year. But the Chiefs, even without Tyree Kill, they're tough. The Raiders got Devontae Adams, Broncos, Russell Wilson. What are your predictions on this upcoming season, or at least where do you think they'll cl- be close to finishing? Well, honestly... Going into last season, of course, we saw the numbers that Justin Herbert put up um, in his rookie year and coming into his second year with first, first year head coach Brandon Staley, which a lot of people want to give him a lot of stuff for those decisions he made last season. I understand that those decisions kind of lost in the last game against the Raiders, but they could have won easily. Easily they could have won 13 games last season. They lost a tough game last season on November 14 against Minnesota at home. They lost a tough one at home against the Patriots as well against a young quarterback. And they lost a tough one in December against the Texans, uh, which I don't know what happened there. I know there was about 15 players uh, that did not play due to COVID. And then they lost last, uh, the last game of the season, a tough one against the Raiders. You know, So they could have easily, easily won 13 games last season with the roster they had. Now coming into this season, being the additions they got a Khalil Mack a J.C. Jackson, you know, Sebastian Day from the Rams right across the hall. They got a great, great pieces and now locked in Derwin James. I can maybe see the Chargers win about 13-14. They do have somewhat of a hard, hard division, maybe the hardest division of them all, but the Kansas City, uh, Kansas City Chiefs don't have uh, Tyron Matthew anymore. They don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. They, they did gain a few pieces. Uh, they, they gained the run uh, Juju Smith. But I don't think they're going to be the same team as they were before because Tyreek Hill made the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill made a lot of huge plays for Patrick Mahomes to be successful in the, these past two years. I don't think they're going to be the same. The Raiders, I mean, the Raiders are always the top whether they're going to be great this season, they're going to be a Super Bowl championship team, which honestly – you got to give them credit for the addition of Devontae Adams uh, this past offseason. So that's a huge piece. And, of course, the head coach of Josh McDaniel. Um, that's the difference. But then we've got Russell Wilson in Denver now. They did lose uh, their running back. They lost a wide receiver during uh, training camp a few weeks ago. So they're down a few pieces. I think the Chargers do have a very good chance at winning the division and maybe winning about 13, 14 games this season. 
I like the sound of that, Fredo. In terms of, you just mentioned a lot of the big names on the Chargers. This team is loaded with talent. In terms of guys that maybe the casual fan has not heard of, can you give us a name that we should be watching on both sides of the ball, offense and defense, going into the this new season? Yeah, well, look, if I can just put it into one player right now, because this player really, really has caught my attention during training camp. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually on my way to training camp now to Costa Mesa. Uh, to go ahead and check out, they got a joint practice with the Cowboys today. And one player that I really, really love, and I hope everyone keeps an eye out for him, uh, rookie, running back, we got Isaiah Spiller. I mean, this young guy here, I mean, when I saw him uh, do what he did in college, this is a guy who played three years um, at Texas A&M. He played three years at Texas A&M. He's a big, he's a big running back. He's 215. Uh, he's 6'1", 21 years old, and Isaiah, this this past Saturday, made some very good runs, uh, very good schemes uh, from the offense as well that made him kind of stand out against the Rams during the preseason games this past Saturday. And Isaiah Spiller is one of those guys that you're going to look at in Week 10, and you're going to be like, damn, I should have got him in my fantasy draft because he's going to be that spectacular because last season, the Chargers kind of had some trouble having Austin Eckler, then, you know, you got to give Austin Eckler a couple breaks there and there. And when it comes to those important downs, when Austin Eckler was maybe not available, you had to go to a guy like Joshua Kelly, you know, Joshua Kelly, second year uh, running back in the league from um, UCLA. He's pretty good, but not as good as Isaiah Spiller. And I'm, right now, I'm going to let everyone know, everyone got to keep an eye out, number 28 from the Chargers, Isaiah Spiller is going to be your guy. And for any fantasy, uh, any any fantasy players out there that are looking for that player, that sneaky player towards the end of your lineup, go ahead and pick up Isaiah Spiller. Y'all remember his name. We'll keep our eyes out for Isaiah Spiller. In terms of, we know that this Chargers team is going to be really good, but in terms of weakness, what do you see being this team's weakness that they're going to need to overcome going into the season? I mean, the weakness. Um, I honestly, I I think it might be. The coach. I mean, wow. Brandon Staley deserves a lot of credit uh, for bringing the Chargers in what he did last season, but he continues to get um, slammed by that fourth and Staley. And a lot of times people, like, there's a lot of people always telling me, like, hey, why is he going on his own 10th and he's going on and on fourth down? Why, when he's down 10 points in the first quarter, why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? Right now, I heard earlier today, I don't know who it was, but someone on uh, first take, someone said, hey, if Chargers don't make the playoff season, Brandon Staley is not going to be the coach no more, and you're going to go ahead and look over for Sean Payton possibly coming over. And I was like, whoa, like already the pressure's on like that on Brandon Staley. Like, I'm I'm 99.9% sure the Chargers will make the playoff. Uh, there's that little slight chance that you never know with injuries. You know, hopefully nothing ever happens to the great Justin Herbert right now. But honestly, their only weakness is technically themselves. Um, but you can kind of put a little bit on the decision making. Decision making is very, very crucial in the NFL. Yeah, Fredo, I wanted to ask about Josh Palmer. Had a really uh, productive rookie season. Now should be a part of the offense, even with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, like you mentioned, Isaiah Spiller being a part of there. And Gerald Everett, by the way, one of the most underrated signings of free agency for the Chargers. But um, Josh Palmer, how big of a leap do you think he takes in year two this year? 
Yeah, I mean, hopefully Joshua Palmer, you know, he was a great guy out of Tennessee. Uh, good, he got good hands. You know, he, he made a lot of great spectacular catches last season. Um, you know, he, he caught four touchdowns last year. You know, he, he was very, very good. He was targeted a, a lot, a lot, even though you have a guy like Kenny Williams, uh, Kenny Nallett, and you, know, you got Mike Williams. Uh, he made a good splash. You know, hopefully Palmer this season, he can just catch the ball a little more. There was a lot of attempts, like I was saying, he got targeted a lot, but he did have a lot of crucial drop balls. And if he can just fix that and, you know, do that over this past offseason and come into this season uh, with just a mentality of win it all, because it seems like it's all of the Chargers, it seems like they're all in this season. And, you know, shout out to the Chargers for putting out their spectacular uh, documentary they put up on YouTube, which is called All In. And, you know, season, season two of All In premieres next week on their YouTube channel. But if you catch that All In, you'll see how everyone just bought in uh, day in and day out, on the field, off practice. And, you know, for everyone out there, you know, you guys want to go ahead and check out some exclusive uh, highlights on the Cowboys and the Chargers. Today, you know, you guys can check that out on my Instagram and my Twitter at Fredo Sponsors. And, you know, that, that hopefully, hopefully that would help out the whole team. Yeah, we got to check that out for sure, Fredo. I want to take a quick step back in terms of the whole entire AFC landscape. I'm sure that you have a team that you feel like is being slept on from the national media perspective. If you had to say a team that you think is not getting enough credit for how good they're going to be this season, besides the Chargers, who would that team be in the AFC? Wow, a team that might might do something that might have to be the Miami Dolphins. You know, honestly, the Miami Dolphins are not giving uh, Tua Tungabailoa any credit or saying that he's not the guy. And now that he got Tyreek Hill coming over from the Chiefs, uh, that might be a duel that might be kind of crazy because, you know, they both got legs. Uh, you know, Tua is pretty young coming into his uh, third year as well with Justin Herbert. was drafted before Justin Herbert. Remember that uh, duel was taken uh, fifth overall before, you know, the Chargers took Herbert at six. Uh, but I think Tua and Hill might be a great combo. They might win at least about eight games. Um, I'm not sure that might get them into the playoffs or not. Um, but I think the Miami Dolphins might make some splash this season. Fredo, how significant would this season be in terms of, so the Rams are coming off a Super Bowl championship. And again, we've, we've kind of talked about, you know, the importance of the Chargers to move the needle, to sell tickets, to get fans. Now that the Rams are the defending champions, and on paper the Chargers have, if not the most, one of the most talented teams in the league, how significant, not just for the football team, but long-term in terms of building a fan base, getting a piece of the market, is winning a Super Bowl this year? I mean, from seeing where the Chargers have been since they arrived in L.A. uh, about six, uh, six years ago, they didn't have that fan base, you know, they, them, them coming from San Diego, you know, miles down south of Los Angeles, they're associated. If, if, if you, I talk to a lot of um, L.A. sports fans, and they, they just tell me, like, hey, Fredo, how can you associate yourself with this team? And I'm like, look, first of all, me growing up in Los Angeles, there was no team. And, you know, Arash, we talked about this a few days ago on my show. Um, Los Angeles didn't have a sports team. I grew up cheering uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. And a lot of people are like, why? And I'm like, well, at the time, in the, in the mid-2000s, late 2000s, we had Adrian Peterson running the ball like crazy. He teamed up with Brett Favre. They almost got to the Super Bowl, but then, you know, Mastodon was insane. Um, 
But looking at the Chargers fan base coming over from San Diego, not a lot of people came over from San Diego. A lot of people are a little salty right now. And the Chargers from year uh, 16 to now, their fan base has just grown and grown and grown. There's so many um, L.A. fans that became Charger fans. You know, being here in L.A., they became Charger fans. And one thing that the Rams did was, again, they were previously here years ago. They left, now came back. And they won a Super Bowl, two Super Bowl appearances. And they kind of seemed to take over the city. They're the number one team in Los Angeles right on the football landscape. But like you said, the Chargers made some significant changes that kind of maybe put them ahead of the Rams now. And they got to win. They, they, they just got to win. It, it, when you play in Los Angeles, whether you're the Lakers, or you're the LA Kings, even the LA Sparks, they've all won. The Dodgers have won. Even the Angels have won, which they're still here. Kind of, in, you know, they want to be called the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, <laughs> but they're still here. Um, and the only team that's kind of left out there it's kind of um, the LA Clippers. You know, they still haven't won a damn thing out here. So it's <laughs> like you don't want to you don't want to be named with the Clippers. A lot of people want to say, "Hey, the Chargers are like the Clippers right here in Los Angeles." And the Chargers now have to make a change early on right now because if they if, if they are if they're in LA for ten years and they don't win nothing in those first ten years, it's gonna really ruin their image. And they gotta do something now and hopefully. They can do it now behind Justin Herbert. Yeah, Fredo, I wanted to ask you, there's been a lot of talk about Trey Lance and the 49ers. I know you cover the Chargers, but there's a lot of expectations for a team that has Super Bowl aspirations in the Niners. They went to the NFC title game last year. A lot of people say they have a better roster, but it's all about Trey Lance, whether they he can do well or not. What are your thoughts on him and how he'll be in his rookie, well, not his rookie season, but his full game schedule, you know, because he only played three games last year? Yeah, I mean, Trey Lance, the, the little uh, highlights that we got a chance to see from him last season that kind of made it, the, the Niners be like, hey, you know what, let's move on from Garoppolo. It's time to move on from this guy. Um, I don't know why. I honestly feel like you got to give Garoppolo another year or two. I know something he gets hurt, something he doesn't make those crucial uh, completions he needs to because, yes, they were just, uh, they, they, were just they were very, very close to making it to the Super Bowl last year. Let's not forget that part of that. And, you know, for them to kind of move on to Trey Lance, let you know how special this kid is going to be in the future. And I'm pretty excited to see what he kind of brings out here because the Niners um, have always been a very, very great team, you know, through years and years. You know, the Niners, there's a lot of Niners fans in Los Angeles. I know a lot of my friends who are Niner fans, and, you know, they, they support their team all the way down here. Um, but Trey Lance himself, you know, like you said, is Second year coming into his first year from you know North uh, North Dakota State I think he came from, um, and he's pretty small as a quarterback. You know, uh, a lot of people always want a big, uh, big sized quarterback. He's about like six three, six four right now, and Trey Lance might be able to splash something, but I don't see that maybe the Niners winning no more than no more than seven eight games. I think they're going to have a down year. Uh, Arizona's really going to be good in their division. And as well as the Rams and you know Seattle, who knows how they're going to be without Russell Wilson now. Um, but the Niners uh, can maybe do something depending on how that coaching staff with uh, uh, with with Shanahan and the new combination with that could be. Fredo, uh, we talked about this on your show, the Lakers and the Clippers. Listen, I, I think a lot of people are down on the Lakers. I get it. I think if they're healthy, they're they're, they're not as bad as people think. On paper, the Clippers are are 
perhaps maybe the most talented team in the league. Your thoughts on those two teams as we go into this season? Well, first of all, I am glad. I mean, as of right now, I don't want to say I'm glad yet, but it is uh, August the 17th, and Russell Westbrook is still on the <laughs> yeah. Lakers. I'm, I'm happy for that. I know trading camp is maybe about five weeks away from now, and honestly, I think the new addition with Darvin Ham can really make a change with this trio here that we have in Los Angeles with the Lakers, because last season was just devastating to watch and see that they didn't even make the playoff, that was very, very bad. Maybe one of the worst seasons of, you know, of their history. Uh, but looking at what the Clippers did, adding John Wall, they continued keeping their same uh, lineup with Leonard, uh, Kawhi, George, and, you know, still got the Morris brother. Uh, they got Reggie Jackson, which Reggie Jackson was spectacular uh, all year long for the Clippers. Uh, got to get that massive credit. And, of course, you know, Tyron Lue. Uh, Tyron Lue has been a Good coach for them. Uh, very exciting. Uh, but what uh, what's the difference between both of them? I mean, it's honestly, it's, you know, once once something two years ago in 2020, the Lakers, uh, LeBron James, Anthony Davis are still there, the, the championship core. And then you got, you know, Kawhi and Paul George, the ones that have been getting hurt uh, and not been able to compete out there. And we have Pandemic George, who, who a lot of people, you know, that pandemic time, that he had during, you know, the bubble, who, you know, it was an awful stretch against uh, against the Denver Nuggets for the Clippers that time. And I don't know if they ever, ever will win a championship. I think there's always a lot of more better teams than the Clippers, even though they might be the best on paper right now. But you still got the Warriors. You still yeah. got Milwaukee. You got a Philadelphia. You got Boston. Honestly, if the Clippers were to face Boston, Boston still got a better roster than the Clippers. Um, maybe not on paper, but physically on the court. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, uh, Marcus Smart, the Dog. I mean, there is a lot of good teams out there. And, I mean, hopefully Steve Ballmer made the right decision <laughs> years ago to purchase his team and maybe win a championship. But just the same thing, like I told you guys earlier on the Chargers, if they don't win one in the first 10 years, it, it, it doesn't look good. And now that Bomber's been an owner for about 10 years, I believe it's been, um, he still hasn't been able to win one. And all those 10 years that he's been an owner, uh, he's had good teams because he bought this team with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul on it. So they already have the talent. They've made a lot of changes throughout the past 10 years, and they still haven't been able to win it. I don't know if, if the Clippers will ever win an NBA championship. Yeah, there's no no doubt about that in terms of having to win a championship. I was covering the Clippers when they had Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. During that time period, the Lakers were one of the worst teams in the league. And it didn't matter. Why? Because not only did the Clippers not make it to the conference finals, and not only did they not win a championship, they blew a 3-1 lead, for example, to Houston. They blew a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets. So despite being a good team, despite being a top-five team, a playoff team, that's the way their season came to a close. And once again, people said, well, here, here we go again with the Clippers. It is so important in Los Angeles to win a championship. Fredo, you're the best. Monday Night Fredo is, is your show. I had such a good time on your show. I have to do it again sometime. Thanks for coming on here. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. 
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.